There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Uh, been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Hello, my name is David William Hanrady, and this is No Encore, the revisit, in which you go back in time to check out Irish albums past. I've thrown the entire room by throwing my middle name out there, which I've started to do lately, and it's become a thing, so I just thought I'd do it. Hello, Kieran McGuinness. Hi. Kieran John David McGuinness. Is that your name? Yeah. Okay. Uh, John's my, like, confirmation name. Yeah, David is. David was the name my parents were going to call me, so then I wanted to have Bart. Bart Simpson, but <laughs> but then afterwards, afterwards I found that there is a Bartholomew, you know, in scripture and so yeah, I know about uh, Jen Gannon of the Irish Times makes a re- revisit return. Hello, Jen. Hello, I'm back to say more things about people. What's your name? <laughs> like poo? No, I'm not going to. Um, Jennifer Ann Joan Gannon. Joan confirmation name, which burnt at the stake. I was heavily into Courtney Love then and thought that she would approve of that confirmation name. So that's good. why I picked it. That's pretty good. We also have Shane Dunn of Independence fame. Hello. How are Shane, you? Shane Patrick, confirmation name, Joseph Dunn. There you go. A classic. Yeah. yeah. Joseph, yeah. Patrick and Joseph. Rolls know. off the tongue. And also joining us is Cormac Parrell of Stout fame. Yes, uh, middle name is Neil, even though it's no longer on my passport. I kind of disowned that name. And my confirmation name was Anthony, because he's a patron saint of finding lost stuff. 
and it's, I felt it was appropriate when I was 12. <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> why. Lost stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please give me all lost items. The year in question is 1995. Before we go, and a quick thanks to Westland Studios and Alwyn Walker, who helped us out today with some gear. We were kind of short a couple of mics. It's a great studio, and I'm told it's more affordable than you think, and it definitely is, so check it out. Sounds like a great deal. deal. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah, two studios, as a matter of fact, and a variety of producers and engineers to cover all price ranges. And they've got a class grand piano down there. A great grand piano, yeah. which uh, I can't play, but I try every time. Mm-hmm. You can see Dave on the next mattress makeout. <laughs> <laughs> Come on He's down. He's back. But uh, yeah, I guess if I was either doing a recording studio or a mattress factory in 1995, I'd be too distracted by all of the great music, wouldn't I, Kieran? <laughs> yes, awesome. So um, yeah, a really good year for uh, for for music and for film and for things that happened. So uh, in film, wait, wait, wait till you hear the films that were out this year, okay? So we have... Casino, Showgirls, Bad Boys, Twelve Monkeys, Clueless, Waterworld, Batman Forever, um, Jumanji, Heat, Die Hard with a Vengeance, and here we go, Usual Suspects, Apollo 13, Braveheart, GoldenEye, Toy Story, and Seven. I mean, what a year for film. Like, every single one of those is like, you know. I hated Heat. Classic. I loved what it. I loved heat. heat was muck. You're lads. kidding? Oh. Yeah, hate it. I can't do this. I can't, <laughs> I can't do the show. <laughs> Get rid of him. <laughs> what? Why was heat muck? It was just a load of shooting, and you know, <laughs> it was terrible. A load of fellas yeah. shooting each other. The, the that sounds amazing. With Pacino and De Niro. That's a great scene. Yeah, in restaurants. just like staring at each other. They're just two actors, lads. It was just yeah, but two actors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just two actors, you guys. They weren't yeah. even really shooting. Well, t- nobody talks about Suspension every scene where two actors man. meet. Uh, no, I thought it was muck. I yeah. loved it. Uh, I was too young to see it in the cinema at the time, and I actually went to go and see it in the cinema this year in the View Liffey Valley, where the film wouldn't work, oh, and yeah. the staff were <laughs> absolutely incompetent and quite rude. So never ever go to the View Liffey Valley. Oh, okay. There you go. Wow. Was Lehen that, that year? Lehen. What's that? Le- yes. Yeah. Lehen. 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 The French one. Yeah. Yeah. About the gun. It's just people shooting each other, man. <laughs> <laughs> actors, <laughs> actors shooting each other. What the hell? Yeah. But you or know, shooting at each that's other. That's one of the best films ever. Well, uh, the Waterworld actually. Um, that was w- really early film that I went to see in the cinema, and um, I loved Waterworld. No, uh, you're wrong. That's terrible. Movie. And then I, I've now now I find out that I actually hated it. I didn't realize at the time I thought it was great, but now I, I didn't realize. Just the novelty of going to the cinema was just overwhelming. Yeah. Like, All God, I remember the size of the popcorn. I just remember the lime. There's a lime tree bit in Waterworld, isn't there? Some other guy steals his limes. That's all. It's yeah, terrible. I didn't movie. see it. Is yeah, that not the better. Simpsons? <laughs> <it's called laughs> the He's got a little lime tree on the back of his boat. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's got web fingers. Or something. At the yeah. time, that was like the most expensive film ever, and there was yeah. such press about that. Everyone yeah. was like, "It's terrible because it cost so much money." It was terrible because it was pretty bad. It also cost a lot Titanic of money. Titanic overtook it. Yeah, and yeah. then it's now what's it with the blue faces? Avatar. Avatar. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I thought Waterworld was and a great old romp. Romp? Would you say? Romp. I saw Goldeneye that year in the cinema. That was great. Goldeneye. Yeah. yeah. Holds up. Pierce Brosnan's first crack at James Bond. Oh, is that I might the have one seen that the, too. I can't really remember. Is that the one with the car that went invisible or something? I That's dying of the day. That's the is, last is, time. Is that Pierce one where he beats up James these Bond? three enormous bouncers and sticks them in a into a window or something? I think that happens in every Bond movie. It's just it's actors. Just in a film. It's just like <laughs> <Johnson>. <laughs> guns as well. People get shot. Fellas yeah. from Navin fighting. It is a film. But you know, like, I mean, yeah, just an amazing year for films. Like, just a lot of seminal stuff there. In albums, it was obviously Britpop and the kind of new wave of, like, hugely commercial Amer- alt, you know, American kind of music, which was just massive at the time. So, in Britpop, you had a different class. What's the story? Morning Glory, I Should Coco. 
Um, and then you have kind of funny stuff on the side of that, like the bends and stuff. And then in the American kind of uh, um, alternative, you had uh, Melancholy and the Influence Sadness. You had Jagged Little Pill and Alice Marset. You had Wowie Zowie, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, you had uh, History, Michael Jackson's best of kind of uh, new album Money or to himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a bootleg version of it and it only had... Uh, the original album but I thought that was his best of I thought that's what I when I got it so I was like oh, yeah, you know like Stranger in Moscow his most <laughs> his biggest hit you know, do you know what I mean that like, classic yeah and I, but then like, like only later so it just destroyed my knowledge of Michael Jackson so I'd be like oh yeah you know the knowledge <laughs> anyway totally weird but uh, yes so um, what a life you've led what a life indeed but uh, yeah so it's still Stranger in Moscow is bigger than Billy Jean exactly yeah. Billy Jean how does this work <laughs> but anyway, um, aside from that, in in uh, fe- big events, a lot of really kind of bad shit went down. So uh, the Oklahoma City bombing, O.J. Simpson was declared innocent. The Ebola virus had its first kind of huge kind of outbreak. Um, it's Zach Rabin, I think is his name, uh, was uh, assassinated. Um, the Tokyo gassing, like, you know, it's awful stuff. Um, Windows 95 was released, yeah. terrible things. <laughs> and uh, obviously James Bond came back. And then uh, in the uh, offices of um, of power were uh, John Bruton, John Major and um, Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Who are the, the dudes? Well, still, still my favourite, my favourite three together. What? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Golden <laughs> days, yeah. In, in, well, you in, know, in. but like, I think that, that there was a, a, a kind of a Blair, Bertie, you know, Bush buzz going on for a while, right? Wasn't there? No. That was later, but like, but you know, like that thing of like looking back and reeling in the years or something. Yeah. And it always, I don't know, it always seemed to yeah, be those when, three. When the Prime Minister of the UK and the President of the United States have like the Taoiseach in the room, is it not like they're letting in like? the sickly kid from the yeah, street for five minutes <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean it's like come on in and play for a couple of minutes <laughs> and, now, and now go back outside where we talk about important crack. stuff great <laughs> crack it's in Patrick's Day only as well yeah but um, in uh, in albums uh, it was a really strong year for Irish music um so the three uh, the five albums that we're going to be looking at in this episode are Whippin' Boys Heartworm Keela Mind the Gap Gavin Friday's Shag Tobacco Aphex Twin I Care Because You Do he was born in Limerick. Oh, I've got an issue the with this. He's the got an issue with it. Well, they're, they're just well, being totally born for me. Um, and uh, Passenger's original soundtrack one, which is obviously uh, U2. We spent about 25 minutes talking about Dexies and their, um, whether they qualified or not. So I feel like Kieran is, uh, has put his foot down and now it's just, come on down. Fine. Yeah, boy, let's, just let's, let's, let's be inclusive. Let's be inclusive, guys. What's his name? Aphex, Mr. Aphex Twin, recently. <laughs> where, where, Rich, that's him. Where he described himself as a ginger lad from Cornwall. So, oh no, he was brought oh, up yeah. in Cornwall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's born in Limerick. He's brought up in Cornwall. When his parents got, were Welsh. You know, I mean, like you know, he's from all over the place. It's in so your mind. <laughs> you remember when they got nominated for the choice a couple of years ago? At the time, I was very like. Well, there was there was a band that I know. Oh, that I'm not, really, not impressed really, by this. Really miffed that they didn't get nominated because they thought they were would they would have been if he wasn't. So mm. he was in effect taking. He doesn't need to be nominated, for, but you know, look, we're not doing that. What band were, we're they? One name, the No, but the point of it is, is that uh, throw it out there. Go on, you <laughs> can bleep it out. You know, like no. I love a good bleep on the show. It's great. Um, no, but the point of it is, is that uh, you know, uh, you know, we're being inclusive. It's about you know the world coming together, heal the world, make it a better place. So inclusive that you've uh, left. <laughs> that the, was on the there's one more album on this list, though. Of course, there's one album on this list, and. Uh, I hey. was really surprised it didn't get in, and that was the frames. Yeah, um, it was my it was in my top two. Yeah, it just just it wasn't anyone's number one, and it wasn't uh, no one else voted for it. So it, it really it, yeah. it's just me. Yeah, so wow. uh, weird. 
Um, you didn't mention the actual fifth album on the list, though. You stopped it. Uh, oh, sorry. No, I did. Passengers original soundtrack. Oh, did you? No, you yeah, did. Yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah. You two and Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I was just thrown by the whole Richard D. Everyman thing that's going on. <laughs> so um, yeah, you two back on the list somehow, despite not being a U two release. We can't do the show without them, apart from that well, one episode if, that we did. Yeah. Well, I mean, sorry. Yeah, and and just. To, to slightly skip ahead there was a couple of albums like it was a strong year for Irish music and I think the frames can legitimately be uh, disgruntled that they weren't um, uh, uh, on it uh, <laughs> I'm sure the frames will give a blind fuck to <laughs> no, they, won't, they won't give a fuck but the, po- the point of it is is the album itself um, you know uh, has you know it's just as much right to be here but we have talked about the frames a lot and we haven't talked about Keela and I think in the kind of spirit of mixing it up um I think it makes sense to bring in Keela because um, they were both on. They're both second choice. Someone's second choice. Yeah, it was so. a judgment call. So, uh, yeah. Glenn, if you're listening, deal with it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Probably off busking somewhere, album. I'd imagine. Glenn, uh, strong list though. I would say a very yeah. strong list. I think. And uh, shall we get it going? Let's do it. Right. Oh, I was going to say the chorus didn't get on the list, and you you were disappointed, Cormac. I was surprised. Um, now, I didn't like the chorus at the time. Uh, I was too cool for it, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, well, I thought I was too cool for it. Obviously, I wasn't actually cool. Uh, but I, since then, I've started to like pop music since I grew up. Uh, and I thought, oh, maybe I like the chorus now. But no, it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> Some people from the dock yeah, singing yeah. stuff. <laughs> but no, like it's like there, there's a couple of cracking songs on it. But, but most of it is like, it's like you half Eurovision, half country and Irish with the sofas playing as the band. You know, it's just... I thought it was uh, surprisingly poor. So there you go. That's fair. That's fair. So will we uh, jump into it then? We will, with Gavin Friday, uh, with Shag Tobacco, and this is a song called Angel. Now, if you're not a massive Gavin Friday fan, you might know that song because it appeared on Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Oh, was that? Yeah. Amazing soundtrack. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, this is the third album by, uh, the third solo album by Gavin Friday, obviously formerly of the Virgin Prunes, uh, Shag Tobacco. Uh, so he, he, he uh, generally works with a guy called Morris Caesar, whose nickname is The Man, which is a great nickname to have, you know, if I was choosing my own nickname. Yeah, <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder, did he choose his yeah, own exactly. nickname? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Smells cool. Smells like he might have. <laughs> yeah. but, um, Surely it should have been The Geezer, because it's really yeah, Caesar, Caesar the Geezer. I know, what the oh, hell was yeah, he thinking? Jesus. He probably went, damn it, I'm after telling everybody <laughs> it's The Man. It's too late. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's uh, done a lot of film soundtracks, so I think he, you know, he... he he kind of collaborates musically with Gavin Friday so um, there is that kind of there is definitely a cinematic sound to the album so um, it's kind of it's kind of a a really interesting album it's kind of industrial there's a bit of dance it's kind of dubby it's hip hop there's a glam kind of feel to it Um, there's a bit of Bowie in it as well and the first thing that hits you pretty much straight through it is that Gavin sings in the sexy voice almost all the way through. And the thing about it is it does take a a couple of listens to kind of get past that, I think, because later on is uh, Pulp. One of my favorite Pulp albums is called This Is Hardcore. And he has a kind of a character. uh, Jarvis Cocker has a kind of character, one or two songs, where he does this kind of sleazy, sexy man kind of thing. (laughs) It's like totally off-putting. But it's kind of like (laughs) you're accepting that it's a character. But like Gavin Friday is doing that all the way through the album. Yes. But... 
pretty quickly you get used to it, I think. Um, and it's, um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's a it's really, I think it's a really surprisingly good album. Um, it's not one that I've heard a lot of people talking about. I don't know whether that's because it hasn't lasted or maybe, um, I don't know. It's not like, I don't, you know, when people talk about Gavin Friday, I wouldn't associate this album, I would associate the Virgin Prunes or that song, Angel, uh, which is obviously famous because it's been on the film soundtrack. But, um, yeah, it's really, it's really good. It's really camp as well. There's loads of mad lyrics on it about cocks and vaginas and loads of sex related and all men are queer and why do you want those dirty rock stars and all this kind of stuff like. And um, yeah, it's kind of, it's tongue in cheek. It's smart, but it's got some brilliant songs on it. Like the the, the title track, Shag, Shag Tobacco, is really good. And um, the song Caruso is really good. And it, it, it somehow manages to have lots and lots of influences and still be very cohesive. So um, yeah, it's a bit of it's a bit of a find. I think there is a little bit that you kind of have to accept with the vocal at times. Like sometimes it's, it's, it's very hammy, you know, um, very camp. Um, but but you know, if you get past that, I think it's I think it's really strong. Yeah, I wonder if uh, Gavin Friday is not a bigger name because of the you know. He's mates with the lads. I was going to say the yeah. like uh, purple sunglasses shaped hole in the room, and Bono mm. is in fact on this record. He yeah, does he backing vocals him on, on the edge, yeah. and the edge, yeah. And um, I like uh, Friday's vocal style is quite similar to Bono's as well. Like it, it is, is yeah. very, very <laughs> similar. You can hear it, yeah. I had, I, first track, I was like, is this? Is this Bono? <laughs> is this Bono? At one stage, there is Bono. <laughs> yes, and I was going, back on, dress. Yeah. Exactly, very like Bono. He's on but actually, their falsettos <laughs> are really similar. They're, yeah. f- they're actual they're, the way they sing falsettos. But sure, look, they were in the, their imaginary band Lipton Village or whatever oh, yeah. in the late seventies, <laughs> um, and they gave each other nicknames and all the rest. Yeah. You know, so they're they're super connected. But um, I don't know. I think yeah, that's a really good point. He. Is there an overshadowing or just a constant connection to him? Because um, this is this is really accomplished. It's really really well produced. Really really well produced. I thought it just the man the way they kind of he's able to kind of put it all together. You know, I think he's more of a Morrissey figure in as much as he's like an artful agitator. But on that note, I want to go to Jan Gam, who was just shaking her head during the last few minutes. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it. <laughs> yes, Jen. Yes, Jen. Um, the room is divided right down the middle. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. That closed shop of Irish music at that time where it was just your he's, he's a chancer he's a, you know he's a grand chancer he's the person that had his 50th birthday in Carnegie Hall and had people like Lady Gaga sing Virgin Prune songs as if she even knew who they were because it's all set up by Bono to make him feel special he's not special wow. he's like so a guy that you'd me. go to college with and sit at like a, you know an undergrad bar thing and he'd have a terrible goatee and start boring you about what he thinks about Godard and talk about <laughs> Brecht and have an obsession with Brel and that is all this album is it's like a parody of a Brel thing that's like a sub Scott Walker terribleness and those lyrics in that song which I know Dolls which is supposed to be yeah. like an ode to drag queens is like super offensive where it's like a cock becomes a vagina cock incognito <laughs> Oh, honey, no. Like, <laughs> Just I don't think lame. any drag queen needs to hear that at all. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean, even if it is an appreciation of the art of drag, it's it's a very... But it's funny you know, how... But it's like he was going for... Like, he's trying to get in all these kind of aspects of sex into it, you know? Do you get but it's but not really sexy. No, 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 I'm not saying it's sexy. sexy at all. And but I'm saying no. that he, the things he's writing about. Yeah, but like... It's about what sex without sexiness? It doesn't make any sense. That That's what I hate about it. It's, it's like, you it's know... Just a, Photocopy of a bad photocopy of a 
photocopy of some other photocopy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just I like, I think, I I think all like, of those things, I, I agree with a lot yeah. of that stuff. So like, I know you but liked I, all but the different elements in but it, but, but, but to but me but it just sounded like, I only listened to it once, I couldn't listen to it a second time. I just kept hearing Jack L for some reason. Mm-hmm. So Jack L. Because yeah. of the whole Brax thing. Yeah, and the whole I just, it was just thing. Jack L. Uh, <laughs> like to me it said, like, you know, I mean, I hate to mention this, Gavin Friday's record in the same sentence as Leonard Cohen, but you know the way on a lot of Leonard Cohen's later albums, like the songs are amazing, but the production is appalling. You know, mm. it's just all these it's crappy, cheapy. cheap yeah. stuff. And that's what it sounded to me like. But he has Wait, without the tunes or the lyrics. Complete pretension about him. You've got yeah. Patrick McCabe to write the like the yeah. notes for no, the there's enor- which is just There insane. is an enormous amount of pretension on it. I like, like to, but it, these are all the things that I would go into this album thinking. And I, and, I, and I don't disagree with any of that. I think that it's pretentious. There's an enormous amount of um, homages. Like someone that he wears in his sleeve, like... Song for Mr. Pussy, the song for Caruso, mm. the song for the Dice Man, you know, the Mark Bowen song. But don't you think he's just dead lucky because he's the kind of person at that time in Irish music where there was, you know, as you said, it was really good year for Irish music there's so many bands outside that closed shop outside that door that couldn't get those artist grants that couldn't get the, the level of success that he had maybe because of his well connected friends no I think but there's something about that that just because it's such a nothing of an album that it seems just really I don't know he just seemed but to coast along for so many years I wouldn't mind if he had like, made more I agree with all those things and here's the thing like I don't I don't disagree with anything. Like you've got but so I much love like, in your heart but no but the thing is I still think it's I think it's a good listen I think it's I, I think that there are issues with the lyrics I think there's a, a couple of lines passed over where he's like whispering in French and you know like, there's a whole German verse yeah at the end I mean of all that kind of stuff where he's shouting in German and I'm just I like I kind of like that though I mean yeah, yeah. but you know, I was kind of like <laughs> that's, that's, we've got German that's bits both, in our songs that's both awful and but the thing is I kind of liked it I thought it was different and I thought it worked and here's the thing this is like you know talking about Man City you know and like oh they have played great football and you're like no but they bought all their players and they you know I know it's, what you mean I mean the thing I, my whole problem is he's not Lou Reed and someone should have sat him down a but long, long time ago and said that not, to him no but that's okay to not be Lou Reed but yeah but like, he just, it's just like he, he ex- feels that he should you all, you're thinking when you're listening to this it's like he thinks he's being really arch and he thinks he's been yeah. really clever yeah. and if he just had more fun with it and, but I think he is. No, that's the thing. I think is. he's having fun, and I get really? a lot. I think it's. Mm, I, I think there's. A, I think there's a line. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that his brand of having fun though is is not welcoming. And I mean, I think I remember like he played picnic one year, and I remember like I remember saying to the lads, I was like, oh, I have to just do a quick walk by Gavin Friday set so that I can see what it was or whatever. And I walked by, and he was in the main stage, like at like eight or something in the evening, and he was like, he had like his band, but they're all dressed up like paramilitary soldiers or something like that, and he's doing this kind of big like you know grandstanding. Uh, again, Morrissey style kind of just like didactic speech thing, and I was like, "Yep, yeah, there's Gavin Grand. Let's go to another tent. That's fine. Like, I know what that is because I understand what, what he's doing. It's not for me. Uh, I will say though, on a pure surface level, I enjoyed this from the point of view as uh, of, that I'm big into industrial and big into pop, mm. and that's here. I think Angel is a lovely, lovely song. I really do like it. Angel is a lovely song. Yeah, it's a great song. Um, but I and I did find it like you know as a complete and utter just like. I'm doing something in the background while this is on. Yeah, it's fun. I, I I can't connect with Gavin Friday. I never could as an artist, but I do like that marriage of pop because I'm, like, I'm, I'm a giant Nine Inch Nails fan. Of course, I'm going to like some of this because it speaks to me on that level. It has those kind of interlocking parts. And some of the some of the but it's nowhere near as good. Yeah, really good. Like, I couldn't put the two of them in the same. Uh, okay, in the same sense. Trent Reznor and Gavin Friday. No. <laughs> just, My, just studio. Yeah, I just, I just wish it was, it was more fun. Yeah. Like I wish it was more like. 
I just mean musically even like more surge like I know what he's trying to go for where it's kind of winky and a bit cabaret like you know as in Weimar Republic cabaret but it just doesn't <laughs> work it doesn't work mm. it doesn't have the you know production values wise it doesn't really have it and it doesn't go maybe it doesn't go there far enough because I don't know what it is it just feels a bit sad <laughs> I feel guilty for not liking it now you're I, bumming me out I, I, to it. But I think the I think like, but the thing is, I told. I think you can see. I don't have any experience with Gavin Friday, so really? I think. I think that. I think maybe that a lot of people here have because I don't. Well, I don't. No, no. I okay, still don't right. Like okay, it. well, yeah. Dave just didn't really like the apple. I know that's okay, but uh, but I feel like Dave, you have experience with Gavin Friday and ah, his his world, like. and I think you do as well. I, just, I mean, yeah, I would know of him, but I just find well, no, because just that thing of like the boys' club and yeah. the friends of Bonner. Like I wasn't. I was coming oh, to I this kind of going. Pardon? Um, I interviewed him once. And his dogs were barking a lot in the background, and he apologised for that. So I thought, oh, okay. sounds like a great guy. It was about, <laughs> it was about nothing to say sorry. Friendly. It was about Prince. I, it, was, yeah, it was actually really awkward because it was like uh, Prince had died. No, he hadn't. Sorry, no, Prince is alive. Um, he was about to die. He wanted Prince to die. This one is not. Gavin Friday killed Prince. Prince was playing. I think what was happening because like Hopper was doing this thing where it was like, let's do a thing on Prince, put him on the cover, but not actually interview Prince. Here's what, we'll, but it'll look like we have. <laughs> so we'll write around it. And I was like, oh, that's fascinating. So you know, the inner workings of the magazine. Um, so I had to bring up Gavin Friday to ask him. So you got any good stories about Prince? And like, so not only am I going to Bono's mate to ask him about Bono by proxy, I'm asking him about Prince on top of that. And he tells me this story about Bono and Prince hanging out. And I was like, this is the saddest phone call because it's not about you, is it? Uh, anyway, sorry. Oh, but you didn't ring him to, uh, to be Yeah, I never feel sorry for him. No, that's, that's yeah, but, but don't. Look, I mean, like, like, look like, I mean, look, <laughs> let's, let's, let's fucking be honest about this, right? It's a good album. Maybe a lot of it is Mars Caesar the Geezer. Maybe it's because it is the, that marriage of industrial and pop. And there's some really really interesting quirky sounds going out through it and I was really like I was liking all that stuff you know and um, and to be honest with you I just kind of accepted the campy bullshitty mm. kind of you know character that he was because I felt like I had to because it had to get past it because I thought at the start I just found it difficult to listen to the way he was singing and that's what he, but, if, if, but maybe I just accepted that in a way that maybe do you know what I mean? Maybe you didn't. Anyway, so we have four other albums to go. Let's change it up with Whipping Boy. The song is called Twinkle. The album's called Heartworm. That's Twinkle, Whipping Boy, the band. We had Paul Page in recently for an episode and Kieran and I managed to not be like, your band are great because we've done a, a Whipping Boy album before that we thought was excellent. Shane Dunn, where do you stand on this band and this album? It's, in my opinion, maybe the best Irish album ever. Jesus, really? Quite strong. Ooh. Quite strong. Yeah. Okay, uh, we'll move on to the next one. <laughs> yeah. Um, the safe you know, twin. Yeah. 20, I don't know, 2012 or 13, um, Phantom did their top 50 Irish albums of all time and it was voted number one so obviously I'm not uh, alone in it um, I don't know for me it was 15 95 when it came out I was you know in the sticks in rural Cork and you know like a lot of teenagers quite angry and you know for no reason really you know what I mean you were just a teenager and you were angry like that was just kind of you know that's the job that was just yeah that was the, that was the gig um, and like this I don't know for whatever reason 
like in, we touched on it earlier like I was listening to not a lot of our stuff I was listening to more American you know what I mean it was kind of Pixies into Nirvana and Soundgarden and you know like Metallica and you know I had long hair and undershave like a lot of 15 year olds did back then and uh, whatever and um, this I don't know where this came out of I don't know how I ended up with it but there was just this like really clever songwriting really clever lyrics but a lot of like kind of anger in it which for me just at, as a f- angry 15 year old mm. um, kind of connect and then there was some real dry wit in it like there's that great line of like you know they built portals for Bono so he could gaze out across the bay maybe you know yeah. which I just think is like really really clever um, and yeah and like look whatever happened with him boy it didn't work you know the submarine the previous year got signed to Columbia it did as Google told me today actually Wikipedia told me today oh, um, <laughs> did like it did 80,000 copies worldwide which today would be like you know if you did 80,000 physicals and you're streaming on you'd be <coughs> pretty okay shape but you know back then mm. um not enough and they were promptly dropped and you know disappeared for what four or five years six years came back disappeared again and came back i think in 10 or 11 and did a few gigs and you know it was maybe not great you know i can come you saw them the first time they came yeah, back i yeah. saw them i actually we had them at independence in, in 2011 and you know it was just not what it was and like i never got to see them in 95 you know it was mm. it was probably too young um, and living in the wilds of rural Cork. You're making it sound like you lived like in a, in a house Yeah, born on the street. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not like, yeah, it's like the Waltons, you know, night, pa. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I loved it. And it's an album that like, you know, now what, 22 years later that I still go back to, you know, fairly regularly. Like I think I have it on tape, CD, you know, and like obviously now on Spotify and mm-hmm. iTunes and all the rest of it. So yeah, for me, it's it's amazing. I just, I love it. I'm wondering where this was for me in 95 because this would have been right up my street for sure. Um, it has all the trappings of those kind of bands. You mentioned like Pixies there, for example. Like I'm, I was huge into Pixies when I was younger. And I think if, if you know, the 11-year-old me or even like when I kind of got into music properly, like for the first time in my kind of teens and I was big into big into my new metal guys, as, as we all know, um, this would have been like fucking, I would have posters this on my walls. I mean, like it, it, it had all of those. Again, yeah, young, angry Irish man thing going yeah. on. Maybe it's just like, Hereditary from the country itself to be that way, but uh, yeah, uh, I, like going revisiting it now, like having not listened to it for a little while, I was struck by like, just how sharp it is, and like I think the songwriting is quite tight. I think the lyrics are very, very interesting, and it manages to be that kind of surface level listen if you want to, but also more there if you want to kind of di- dive deep with it. I think it's terrific. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a huge fan. Jen, where do you stand on this? Um, it always scared me when I was growing up. I would have been about, what, 14, 15 at the time. And I found it really, and I still do when I went back to listen to it, I just found it it's really hard to listen to it because it's just got this strain of unpleasant masculinity about it. It's a very, very masculine album. It's about, it, it kind of reminds me of like, Afghan wigs at the time yeah, were like weird. yeah there's that weird Afghan wigs kind of meets Tindersticks style to it that where it's a it, it makes me think of like if you had a really bad ex-boyfriend that was crazy into Bukowski or something and, and you just didn't want to get inside their head that in saying that I mean that in a good way because it is really brutal and it is really dark but it's very it's a particular Irish man anger that it has <laughs> that we're all saying yeah. it because it, almost his vocals sound like he's almost screaming in a rainy street after closing time that's what it sounds like to me that's where it's pitched at that level and even something like Twinkle where you think it's romantic it actually is a little bit obsessional uh, and a 
bit kind of stalkery and grim, like yeah. almost like and, violent, and aggressive, and yeah. possessive is what I have written. Definitely, down. I have possessive as well. Like just but gave me the that, creeps. that's across the album. You know? I remember yeah. we don't need nobody else. Really creep me out. Like even musically, even that that riff at the start just make it gives you shivers. Like, and it's like there's this deep unhappiness in it that I, as a a, a girl at that time couldn't respond to because it's it's a very masculine unhappiness and I was a big Mannix fan at the time and Richie someone like Richie, Richie would yeah, yeah he had and like something someone like Richie I would have responded to because he had more of a feminine kind mm. of energy about him more feminine anger as in it was like internalised whereas this felt a bit aggressive to me always felt very aggressive yeah. and you know it's just chaotic and it's really abrasive and I think it's really it is well worth going back to though because I think it is as a cohesive piece of work it's 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 astonishing in that way but like not that it's like it, it came out at the wrong time because it's 1995 there's all this triumphalism of Oasis and then there was like the widescreen kind of sentiment and emotion of the bands and has none of that it's very dark and, and narrow and bleak yeah, it's and also the most uh, it's yeah it's the anti-Britpop it's yeah. the absolute opposite of it antithesis of that and I think if I had it come out two or three years even earlier it probably would have found its audience it, it was out it came out three weeks after what's the story more yeah, yeah you're done and it was delayed a year <laughs> And so it, it, yeah. it, that was like there's I read a Irish Times um, article from a couple of years ago um, with Paul Page and Smile I think Fergal oh, McCree he was not there so Fergal oh, yeah. was not there and the rest of the original band did this interview and then they had some quotes from Fergal in it but they, they were very much you know the comment was that like if the, if this had come out on time it could have been you know uh so much bigger, but it was delayed twelve months. And there was the, landed the, at the wrong time. Yeah, and you they, know, they they were on, they were on the they were on Jules Holland, mm. and it went really well, and all the rest. And then the album didn't come out for six months, six or months or something. That, like yeah. all those little tiny missed opportunities yeah. mean that this album is one of those great what ifs. You yeah, know? be about why well, you're all assuming that albums get what they deserve, which they don't. Anyway. No, of course. Well, that's you know, I mean, it, you know, I, I also, I love it as well. Um, but I, at the time, I always felt that what ruined it was the video for We Don't Need Nobody Else. Yeah. Uh, like they had this, this video used to play on No Disco when it was out first of uh, Fergal on stage at Fela and he's just throwing stuff around and it was in black and white and it was really cool. And then the official video came out and it was just mock. He was, he, Fergal was going around in a little trolley or something and there was like fire and stuff around him and it, it just kind of made a mockery of the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was always sorry I never went seen him because like well, I was in a band in Dublin myself at the time but we didn't you know at the time we just went to crap gigs so we were playing crap gigs and didn't go see bands like Whitten Boy uh, but I saw them shortly after I moved back to Ireland I was living in England in 95 uh, but yeah I think they, they must have been unpredictable live like because you know this was probably 97 I saw them and they were just all over the place and Fergal was painted blue and he was covered in cellophane and it was it was just kind of bananas but I mean, Did I've seen interviews with them since where they've talked about how, like Fergal has said, the album didn't come out the way they wanted and stuff like that. But mm. I can't imagine it being any better. There's a lot of brilliant. there's a lot of like discrepancies there though between Fergal and the rest of the band. Yeah. So you can read that Irish Times article, and they're all saying Fergal says, yeah. "Oh, Sony interfered, and or, or Columbia, yeah. whatever it was, interfered, and this one." And then the band are going, "No, they didn't." You know, so like there's a lot, like there's obviously that. But it's bit of a very easy to, I think, remember something from twenty years ago differently. I, I and especially something. I mean, without denigrating anything, I mean, Whipping Boy, the thing that the four of them have is that album, you know, yeah. because unfortunately for them, it, it didn't go on. And 
you know, they became this like, you know, what could have happened. So, so every little detail has probably been poured over for each of them. Like, yeah. you know, mm. like they were, I, re- I read something and they were saying, why aren't Whippin' Boy, uh, you know, the, Ireland's biggest export or whatever, you know, mm. why aren't, why didn't Whippin' Boy do Lollapalooza and make billions, <laughs> yeah. you know? And, you know, I imagine there's an enormous amount of looking back at individual little things that could have happened that would have, that would have been the click, you know? And yeah. it, it's difficult. Like, but, like I, I discovered this album around two thousand and one, two thousand and two. Around two thousand and one, um, I went to the states. I uh, and I, I brought five albums with me: um, Manic Street Preachers, uh, Radiohead, um, uh, Loveless, this and something else. You know, and um, it's just mad. This I just listened. This was the one. This and Loveless. I just listened to nonstop, going to work, going back to work. You know, on in the kitchen mm-hmm. when we were waiting for our pizzas. You know, at parties, showing it to Americans. You know, all that kind of stuff. And um, that party sounds real grim. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they didn't want that to hear. Followed it. by the Manics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I didn't play that to people. Yeah. I, I hid that one in the drawer. But um, the thing is that um, it just—it's really. I just absolutely. It's so tied. It's such a personal thing. It's like. It always felt like my album, you know, because yeah. it was like very few people knew who Whippin' Boy was. And uh, I was just like, you know, there's a lot of choir and religious stuff in my family and, and in my background. It would have been a lot of Planksty and there would have been a lot of that kind of stuff going on in the house and Foster and Allen and classical music is tons of classical music. I borrowed my mother's car the other day and like this, she's got a CD player in the car and there's like five, you know, five class albums from like ni- from 1990 oh, that she really? just still <laughs> listens to. One's called the, the 10 Best Songs of All Time and I was like, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? Beethoven? <laughs> but, um, They're uh, all yeah. Sweet Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, th- but this is like, it's such a dark album. It's so this was Rebellion for you then? Guess yeah, then. like, and I feel like I came, like I really, it's so funny, my whole all my my being was always steered towards you know alternative music yeah and like i like you know when i was like you know 16 i, w- I wanted to learn the guitar and the teacher was like well if you haven't learned the guitar by 16 there's no point you know so i didn't <laughs> I jesus didn't, christ he told me and i didn't and uh, uh, i didn't this was your guitar teacher this is my well he's my geography well he was my sixth class teacher or oh. whatever uh, and he that was what he said and so I the killer of dreams but like. then I, so I didn't I didn't learn the guitar until I was 18 and then I learned the guitar when I was 18 picked it up reasonably quickly got into a band and then I've been in a band ever since you know yeah. but you know this was so I was always looking for this and then this came along and it like knocked me out when I got it yeah but now it's funny I, I listen back and I find it a like I find it like an entry into his world and I find his world quite dark yeah and yeah. I do find that if I listen to the whole album by the you know I do find I need a break from it a little bit it's draining it is like, a bit draining yeah, but it's I, demanding I, I, I still well. like I really love it like you know uh, it's funny uh, actually on Spotify there, on the CD version there was this long break and then it was one of those hidden tracks yeah, yeah and it's real and that's real dark uh, that's horrible like yeah. there's that real grind and misogyny in it that, that hidden there? track starts with like there I've is. looked into my mind I'm now schizophrenic I've no, been mind yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I remember yeah that was that but was the doesn't thing is like, like it doesn't mean the same thing to me now either you know what I mean it's no. 22 yeah. years later and you know I'm not an angry 15 year old anymore so like like it's it's different but it does like to me I think it's amazing that you can listen to you know 10, 11 songs whatever's yeah. on that album and it can actually like it can drain you like mm. you said you know what I mean like it's mm-hmm. got the power in that in those 10 you know that 50 minutes to kind of you know like tire yeah. you out like like it's like there's something really and, and amazing and like some of the it. song construction is so good as well yeah. it's like the the honeymoon is over uh, 
it has that little but tag you're st- at the but end. you were still with me or you're still here yeah yeah, yeah. And, and then it has that tag at the end about um, so now you remember now what it takes to make a woman cry mm. uh, and it's stupid, it's, boy. stupid boy. <laughs> it's just tagged on at the very yeah. end and it's like a whole different direction that's such a good yeah, such yeah. A good it's, but, it's, but it's yeah and, and it's look it's it is a really really strong album it is something you know I just, as you said I can't imagine it being different like you know I, I, we played with him boy in 2005 it was really early in our mm-hmm. band but um like it was like this was me playing with this band was like such a big deal you know it was like around that time we got to play with Idlewild who I was like obsessed with you know of that 100 Broken Windows album which I actually bought at the end of the American trip and then listened to it for the next year but um, I was obsessed with them we got to play with them you know like loads of things like that happened yeah. you know but but for me it was just playing with Whipping Boy and like they were just blokes you know and they were like ni- nice guys you know and Fergal had a few drinks a couple of times and it was, you know. If Fergal ever listens to this, by the way, I want my Muppet Show DVD back <laughs> that you borrowed off my brother-in-law. Okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story. But uh, yeah, so like... Terrifying I, story. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just, it was just uh, really Take exciting to play with them. And I found it re- the songs are really good and I've already told a story a couple of times. He walked on stage one day and, you know, screamed at the audience at the start for about five minutes. And I couldn't hear what he was saying. He was shouting at everyone. And he burnt at the Irish Times and it went up in flames and, you know, in front of people. And he was like, it was <laughs> fire hazards out the door. You know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, stuff like that. And another night, he, the next night he came out dressed as a suicide bomber and he was running around the stage with like a detonator in his hand and like things on his back. And I was just like, this lad is... Like, it was... Very, very Different play, times. Like. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like, it was like... Time. Well, you know, you it was know, just me and Cormac were talking about that before we started recording earlier. Like, like for me, knowing all that stuff and having done a show with Whipping Boy, like I have to separate Heartworm from the, you know, like, and there's nothing terrible, nothing really bad, or you know, no really, you know, bad stories about them or anything. But like, I just well, it sounds like the album is. has to stand for me. Has to be like that album and listen to that album and like seeing them in you know 2011, like what, mm. 15 years after. And it was a different thing. And mm. I just, you know, I kind of have to compartmentalise the two things in my head that this is the album that I love and then that was some other band that I, that I saw, you know, so like that's... Yeah, I think it's, it. n- it's no coincidence that actually Loveless would get a mention during this because I kind of feel like they're two sides of the same coin to a degree. And I think had this come out around the same time, they would have been interesting albums to kind of put one against each other. But Loveless, I think, has a certain amount of optimism that I don't get from this. I would agree with Jen that it is very sharp, it's very abrasive, and it's quite alienating, I suppose, for a certain kind of listener. I mean, like it's I think it's no coincidence that Shane and I both had a very similar angsty teenage experience when it came to whatever you came to that so yeah uh, fascinating record let's have another one this is Aphex Twin Cornwall Sensation Richard D. James <laughs> So that's come on you slags. Thirty seconds there of uh, Aphex Twin to try and make sense of from I care because you <laughs> yeah. do. Jen, uh, in general, Aphex Twin, what do you think? And uh, well, yeah, I have a weird history with Aphex Twin. I don't like not actually physically or emotionally or anything, but just I think like with Aphex Twin, he always reminds me of Chris Morris, and it's hard to actually 
unchain the two from your brain because Chris Morris at the time was working with Warp and did an uh, he was doing a Radio 1 radio show called Jam and they released it on Warp and he also did that weird thing with his face where there used to be promotional stickers sent out and they had like a, a morphed face of Chris Morris and there's something about Apex Twin that's really like that because he's an enigma you don't actually know I mean yeah it says oh, he's born in Limerick I mean we're using the granny rule here we don't even know we don't know if anything he says is true in interviews we don't even know if it's him giving the interviews we don't know anything about him he's a pure enigma and you don't have that anymore you really don't and I think I love that about him and he's that's what he's he's really embedded in my mind like Chris Morris because they're both these kind of pranksters that just get off on being outside the the realms of like average normality like I, he always reminds me of that Chris Morris story where he was he was fired from regional radio he used to read the news uh, because he announced one day uh, it was something to do with like there was a bomb got, went off somewhere and he decided to eat an apple while he was saying it and he got fired for that. So, I mean, that just, that kind of humour, <laughs> that really, really pitch black humour reminds yeah. me of the kind of stuff that Apex Twin would do. And at the time, I just was not into da- like dance music at all, really, or techno. And it wasn't until I started working in Tower in 1999 that there was like really cool people that I worked with and you were exposed to a lot more music because I remember liking stuff like On, the Apex Twin track On, that Jarvis Cocker actually directed the video for and it's him in like a, it's supposedly Richard T. James in like vintage diving gear but you don't really know if it's him but that was a great song that was the only thing I knew by him and I wasn't going to spend my babysitting money which you had to do back then you had to sacrifice your money for an album that I wasn't sure if I'd like the rest of because techno to me growing up had this very masculine image I was very insiders club and you know, a lot of guys talk about stuff that I didn't care about and keeping it real to themselves and being really nerdy about it. And then when I started working in Terror, there was a girl who was really cool, Carla, and she hung out with all the uh, front-end synthetics guys. And this was oh, 1999. Yeah. And she and like gave me a load of stuff to listen to and said, you'd really like this, check this out. And there was another guy, Phil, who used to come down every Saturday and was like, turn off the indie music immediately and put on loads of techno. And that's God how I got into like it. <laughs> and <laughs> once I got into it, stuff. I went backwards. So I started with the Richard D. James album, which is the classic, which is everything like Goon Gumpas and Finger Bibs on it. And then I got into this album, which is more, it's a collection of stuff from 1990 to 1994. Hmm. So you can kind of hear as it goes on, He's got this amazing mix because it's it's there's industrial techno stuff on it like right. Ventolin that could be quite you know ostracizing or just you Difficult. can't, you can't get headphones, into it. that is like oh Jesus Christ yeah. like, it's yeah. so Piercing. sharp yeah you know what I, I wrote down I just I thought I was proud of myself I wrote down it sounds like a, a hundred broken modems started the band <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like he can't breathe he's trying to make it not be able to breathe yeah it's so but yeah then he's got stuff like you know Moo Kid and Wet Tip and Axe. Jesus. And all of that reminds me of like he's a real eccentric, almost pastoral folk kind of tip, yeah. which reminds me of Ben Wheatley, like the Ben Wheatley films, like a, a field in England and stuff like that. He is that kind of avant garde visionary where he can mix that old English kind of weirdness mm. and then this mad industrial Germanic kind of techno sensibilities and, and manage to mash them together and make something really interesting and, and beautiful and completely different. And I think. At that time, I was I was kind of into just French house or French touch music, as Maison. terrible people would call it. Yeah, like the super discount album and stuff <laughs> like that. And then I kind of went into this, and 
I, I, it's more because I, I, I was kind of getting into kraut rock as well, and it's more of a marriage of all those things. Than you but think. there is that you, you just yeah, there's there uh, there's an eccentricity, a real British yeah. Cornwall eccentricity. I know it's I don't know what Cornwall. It's real wicker man kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it's there's like, like yeah. there's loads and loads of homemade kids TV shows that are like where the characters are That's made it. out of uh, Mala Mala or the, the characters are made out of you know knitted characters or just something really bizarre stuff and there's weird stories and weird, but it's really homely and there's, a, there's something that yeah I, I totally get that that kind of studenty, but not studenty in a like you know drinking all day just in a kind of a make it yourself kind of um, eccentricity like a DIY kind of it reminds me I always think of him and I know I keep on saying Chris Morris but I swear to God they're probably the same person no I get, I <laughs> um, get that totally, yeah. they're like born of growing up on those 70s public safety announcement videos where a child would be drowning in a pond yeah, that kind of thing totally, is yeah. that him and, and then like really bad VHS porn like they're, they're those things married together <laughs> oh, okay. which is just fascinating I think it's just I, lo- I love that kind of aesthetic I, I just think yeah, and so, something like "Come on, you slags!" like is either him taking the piss completely out of the whole ethos of like techno dudes being guys that just sit around wanking in you know their childhood bedrooms, or it's him just grappling or using what he had like a DIY aesthetic around his place like that he could use to incorporate into his music. And I think either way, it's it's pretty brilliant. When you don't know a lot about someone, you definitely uh when someone is an enigma you 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 can you can ascribe kind of great intentions to everything when yeah. sometimes like he has an album called fun with rich and rich and mick because it's like um from yeah oh, yeah and it has like different covers like an mb game but i was laughing at that because it just sounds like something that they just did and were like let's just call it this and someone's like oh he's saying what he's saying here is <laughs> it's that it's fun <laughs> do you know what I mean like it's yeah, no, it's, yeah I, I can get you can get that because as well yeah. there's no lyrics so you're exactly. just taking yeah, you're, you're putting things you want, onto it. you're projecting onto it yeah but that's what he kind of wants you to do as well I think but this is funny as well because this is his third as Aphex Twin but he had already at this point released four compilation things as AFX and he'd already released an album as Polygon window, window yeah. and and then there's selected ambient works. Yeah, there's well. selected like ambient works. The only other one I know. Yeah, yeah. but they, they, yeah. So the, he does a lot of like a lot of the stuff is kind of like compilation-y kind of stuff, mm. I suppose. And so that makes sense for this because there's so many different sounds throughout. You know, there's different sounds of drums, different sounds of things. But I think that kind of eccentricity kind of goes through his. Per, like it's funny how much his personality seems to be in it, which is really, I think, really really good that he you know he can put that across without having lyrics I think it's really it's cool like <laughs> you're just uh, guessing though no I am but I still you know but there's a whole atmosphere about there's an atmosphere yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely and like that kind of unfolds like it, it has its own kind of narrative in a way and you can yeah I, I think words like ascribe and projection are totally valid here but how does someone like this become a festival headliner you know, like, like that's what I find fascinating about Apex and where it's like when Fat Boy Slim is in the world <laughs> hell <laughs> but it's just like, like, like this just feels like like I can't imagine that he really gives a shit about no, d- having I, I a following so. no I don't no. think he does but yeah. he has a massive following like a huge cult following and maybe mm. it's because of that whole question mark thing but mm. like it's just fascinating to me that Apex Twin you know even like he's a, not inclusive yeah no not like not at all <laughs> he's elusive yeah but I couldn't yeah. watch it at a festival for like 90 minutes we just couldn't do it. Yeah, I I would struggle too. I mean, like my, my, the stuff of his that I like is the like I think at his best he sounds like the soundtrack from Amelie, like it's really sort of minor key autumnal kind of beautiful music with this you know <laughs> stuck on top of it, just like randomly stuck there, and that's kind of what irritates me. But 
I try and, you know, if I can get past the annoying noises, then the music's really pleasant. But the annoying noises to me are just annoying. I think it got more, because there is a dichotomy. There is like half of this album that is, because it's a collection from 1994, there are bits where you can see like maybe that he's trying stuff out. And then there's the Mm. other bits, which I said, they're more kind of straightforward and they don't have that mad like techno stuff on, tacked on top of it like you think so there is that kind of struggle between them all the time and it, it's all the way through all his stuff yeah. so you can, you know for every like I don't know for everyone that's uh, you know absolutely insane like Elephant or something there's always going to be something like Flim or you know there's something that or, uh, you know Avril 14th like something yeah, that people gorgeous. really uh, can get into but that but song like, Alberto ba- Bassam Balsam yeah. whatever is absolutely it's gorgeous beautiful. I absolutely yeah. love it but then on the same album it Start As You Mean To Go On which just sounds like the prodigy on acid which could have happened but like you know on <laughs> even more drugs <laughs> and like it's just like oh Jesus <laughs> you know it's just it's difficult and challenging it, it's challenging <laughs> but it is challenging and uh, like it, I, I think you said it, it's uh, he's not inclusive I totally I kind of respected this album more mm. than I enjoyed it yeah. and you know what it's, uh, I think that um, I kind of I've been I've been to like I think I was in a, a, like an internet cafe in like 2008 or something <laughs> with really, really loud FX twin playing. And I remember just it being it was horrible. I was just like, you know, trying to send an email to my mom or something. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. hell no. It's like send money. Fair. But it's all the one, because I think for me, like, I mean, I was so, I, I love pop music and I think um, I wasn't into this in 1995, but I do remember because this came out in April and then in August of 1995 he released my favourite Aphex Twin song Donkey Rhubarb and I was crazy into that and that was really accessible and I had those mad samples of the steel drums and then the video was like all these big huge massive bear, guys in bear suits acting out like a kind of take that boy band video but then it got really violent and they started beating each other up with like monkey wrenches but they all had the Aphex face kind of oh, stuck yeah, onto yeah. them so it was really disturbing but I remember that was kind of my gateway then into enjoying him mm. more and he can be really accessible like I think Window Liquor is super accessible oh yeah well, a gorgeous th- song you that was like a, you could make it that ca- charted didn't yeah. it I thought yeah. that was like a, like a proper single that, that was my first encounter as, as I'm sure many people's first encounter with Apex Twin was you're like sh- you're shaking your head that video and you know so like does, does my lasting memory of Apex Twin is when, when I moved to Dublin first from Cork in 2002 from the shed that you live yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and like you very very quickly realised because you know I, I thought it was cool but I very quickly realised when I moved home that I was not but I started kind of hanging out with like new group of people and going to lots of gigs and like hanging out in Whelan's an awful lot and you know just that general thing you know going back 12, 13, 14 years ago and all of these a lot of these people that I hung out with were tr- you know it seemed like it was their mission to get me into Aphex Twin mm-hmm. you know and like to me it's just always been like I don't know, cool for the sake of cool. Maybe that's the wrong phrase. Pretentious, but like, maybe. It's, it's pretentious, yeah. And I tried to like it. I genuinely did back then. And even when it was on this list, I was kind of like, you know, head in my hands, going, "Oh, here we trying to like Apex Twin again." Um, and I just um, and I get like you know like they do headlines. He had he headlines festival. Would they, you book they, him for independence? I couldn't afford it. No, um, let's so, assume. Let's assume you could. No, like look. No, because you know it's, it would be it's wrong for that kind of bill anyway. But um, like I, th- I think there's a there's a thing in Ireland as well. And I did. We're going, I'm going completely off topic here now. But with regard to kind of festivals, that like everybody wants to do a cool festival, and like there's a limited number of cool people 
in Ireland. You know what I mean? You're starting to sell. Who wants to pay? Yeah, all in this room. And you're starting. You're starting to sell. Well, listen. One, one thing I am not is cool. Um, but like they. Yeah, like so you're, you're selling to a very small pool, you know yeah. what I mean? And like, you know, Apex Twin, you, you know, pool can, of cool. Can you co- can you come in and headline Forbidden Fruit and, and do well? Yeah, of course, because it's, you know, Dublin, it's your big market. It's the, you know, yeah. can sell the tickets. But like, you know, would it work in, on a deer farm in Cork? Like, absolutely not. It'd be, mm. you know, waste of money. I just don't think he should do gigs and I, I, I don't think he should do performances and I don't think he enjoys it. And I don't think he really wants to do I mean, I've seen him three times, one time, I can't remember. Don't listen, mum. <laughs> it was on, they, they did a rave on a beach one time and a friend of mine lost a really expensive pair of runners because it was the next day and we were driving home and he was like, where the hell did I put my runners? And then someone started the car and they flew off the roof into the sea. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that, but like, yeah, I just don't think, I mean, at a, you know, in a, industrial estate you know warehouse setup maybe but like other than that you're not going to pay money to to see him and I don't I don't think it works like because <coughs> it's not inclusive but it's also because it's there's a kind of a funny mix between what you're doing when you're listening to it because a lot of times you're not dancing are you, you know? winking right. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing when you listen to what it what do you mean like you know like you know uh, can you dance if explain it's a solo well, some, yeah. It's, can, yeah, like, it's a solo yeah, it's it a is. headphones kind of yeah. thing in it. solo yeah. disco I mean it's like I find that like I, I really enjoyed this album but at the same time Apex Twin to me is just such an, a foreign concept a lot of the time and the idea of going to see him live is just beyond me and I just kind of find that like you know it's like a different language some people speak it they speak it fluently and they love it but I'm never going to be that guy and I respect the people who are but I, it's not my thing like, I, I don't I just actually have trouble processing it as a maths equation um, but <laughs> yeah. there's incredible stuff there there is I mean, but it's just very, yeah. yeah Some of the sounds to me are the sounds I hear when I'm sick. You know, when you're kind of See, feverish and it's, you hear yeah. these weird noises, that's what it sounds like. But like, me. I love anything that can take you to somewhere where you're like, I really didn't expect that. Like, like uh, Gavin Friday. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For example. Yeah. Know, some, of the, some of the FX Twin stuff to me like makes me feel like, you know, when a plane is landing and the pressure in your ears yeah. Yeah. changes, like, <laughs> yeah. it, it makes me like, feel a bit like that. And like, that's, that's not, pleasurable some um, traditional um, Irish music you say yeah. why not uh, stand clear luggage doors operating it's Kila with Mind the Gap from Mind the Gap So that's Keela. Okay, cool. so this is my choice. Yes. Uh, now, <laughs> I'm not expecting other people to like this very much. Uh, uh, probably you can't tell from my voice, but I'm by far the oldest person here, and I probably look a little bit like those crusty guys from Keela. Uh, so they are close to my heart. Well, they're not really, but uh, <laughs> there's, there's something about this that I like, and it's despite all of the, the associations you'd have with them, like... Dilly Eye music is dance music. Uh, that's what it was written for. And this is a part of the modern way of reinterpreting that old music as dance music for now. Now, it, this particular album isn't all that different to, say, what Moving Hearts were doing in the 70s. Uh, it's a little step on from that. Uh, but it's kind of the beginning 
or at least I feel like I speak in, and I'm not an expert on this, uh, of the sort of modernisation of trad. Uh, Africa Health Sound System are around at the same time. Uh, and it's when Irish trad started to become part of what we now know as world music. So there's, you know, beats from other cultures starting to appear. Uh, and it's becoming more euphoric. I'm kind of ignoring half the album by saying that, right? Because about half the album is kind of slow stuff. And uh, Tommy Tiernan, years ago when he started off and was still good, he had a thing about... Uh, uh, <laughs> That you're, you're at a trad session and it's going really well and everybody's getting more and more excited and you feel like you're going to just break on through to the other side and then someone rolls out an old woman she sings a sad song <laughs> <laughs> and it brings everybody down and then just bits it out on this and now the sad songs are good you know and it makes you feel like you're standing on a mountain in the west of Ireland and you know but it's all very you know crusty hippie kind of feeling but the euphoric bits I like now I went to see uh, Keela in the late 90s, uh, one of my best buddies, actually the, the drummer in Stoke, uh, was a mad fan at the time and would always go and see them. And I went and see them and I think it was Patrick's Day and everybody was off their heads. And except me and, and Neve, who's my wife, and uh, we walked in and everybody's going bananas. And I really wanted to be part of that, but just I was just too far behind. Uh, but But that's kind of how... You know, when I'm listening to them, that's kind of how it makes me feel like, you know, this is fun. You know, when you're inside it, it's an enormous amount of fun, mm. uh, except for the, the slow bits. And like the second song on this is your man, one of the Osnodigs, saying stuff in Irish. and The rhythm of it, though, uh, the yeah. way that comes out of them, I was just like, well, Jesus, this is entrancing. It is. Yeah, it's, it's impressive. But like, I think the second song in particular, he's playing the bow run and going, tuk, 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 <laughs> and I'd say, now, that's probably... Most people don't get past that song. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, if you just take all the good bits out of it, I think that stuff is amazing. And the following album is actually more world-beaty. Uh, Toga Boogie. Toga Boogie, yeah. Now, I, I'm not that familiar with their more recent stuff, but I presume they've keep kept on treading that path. So, But, you know, I, I think this is good. This is listed under world music on Apple Music. It's where I listen to it today. And I uh, kind of went to it. When, uh, like, I mean, like, trad, it's just not really my thing. And I was like, okay, you know, I know what this is going to be like before I listen to it. But what I will say is I found it pleasantly surprising. I actually found it very adventurous and quite communal and warm and inviting. And I, over the course of the hour or so, I was drawn in a lot more than I thought I was going to be. I actually was like, this is fun. Uh, now, there are those moments where... <laughs> Hold on a second, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on a minute, Dave. <laughs> yeah, like, I know you listened to Aphex with a minute ago, but this is, this is something altogether different than it is. Uh, you know, those kind of more mournful uh, Irish songs, though, like, I went to see um, uh, Tandem Felix played recently, and they had um, a gentleman open for them, and I got there, like, during his last song, and it seemed to go on for, like, 15 minutes, and it was, like, this kind of, like, you know, Irish prison song or something in that style, not a... You could hear a pin drop in the room, and every time like it would it would go down a little bit. I'm, I'm like, is it is is, is it over now? <laughs> and, and then it wasn't, and I was like, oh Jesus Christ! And afterwards, like uh, after the show, like someone asked me like in the beer garden, they were like, what do you think of your man? And I, without thinking, I was like, he made me want to hurl myself off a cliff. And they were like, what? And they were so upset and offended that I just didn't have this transcendent moment that they had. But because again, I was like, just you relate was, to the party sort of maybe. It, I really it literally was, and it was just very like Jesus Christ, this is grim. Um, mm-hmm. This album doesn't quite go there that often but it does have those those kind of moments where you're like oh I'm into this now and then it just brings me down but I I really was surprised by just the kind of like how enjoyable I found it like and I, it, like yeah. it's, it's extremely accomplished it's extremely it's really dexterous and yeah, that kind of stuff like, like it's proper 
it's proper alt trad. You know, I yeah. mean, look, I don't listen to an enormous amount of trad <laughs> music. Term. No, but like, do you know what I mean? I, but I like it's alternative trad. But like, they're going like they've got, they've got, uh, you know, there's proggy sections in it. Yeah. You know, they're really adventurous with their their seags and their transitions. That you know. I'm sure it drove all the trad purists absolutely insane. Yeah. I read that like the, this, the, like they brought in the electric guitar, so I was like, was there some kind of weird Bob Dylan thing going on amongst the Keela faithful? <laughs> yeah, but, but I think there would be people in Traitors. that who would like it because it's different, and there yeah. would be people who wouldn't like it, you know, deliberately yeah. without listening to it. But you know, there's a song called uh, Sean Jorka, I think it is. Yeah, Sean Jorka, Sh- yeah. and it's just gorgeous. Like yeah. it is, like that's that you know, that's just a gorgeous song. Whatever you know. Um, whatever kind of genre you want to put it in. And then the last track is a track called Island Bridge and it has three kind of sections yeah. and it's like, just, I don't know, it's just, it made me feel excited, like it was exciting, you know, maybe, yeah. you know, it made my Celtic heart sore. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did, I mean, I, I mean, look, I mean, I think it's really easy to be kind of patronising about Irish music and it's really easy to be, sure, they're great lads and the stuff they do mm. is, you know, but I, I and look at, I'm not doing that, but I I think that it's just, I was just really impressed by the just the playing in it. And, and you know, if, so if you turn on Radio on the Gaelic to now, yeah. on it like I, I was coming home from work early one day uh, during the summer, and I I normally wouldn't turn it on, mm. uh, but I just turned it on, and it had kind of all this modern. You know, world music sounding trad, you know, with Balkan stuff in it, and mm. and it sounded amazing. And you know, I, well, I feel like I mean, from a not very well educated point of view, like that was kind of the beginning. Uh, yeah, no, it's sort of yeah. mid 90s of all that kind of thing. But it's still got like, you know, loads of Ilan pipes and speaking in Irish. It's I was going to say, like, this, feel, <laughs> this feels like the good stuff, but I remember like there's a show called The Green Scene on uh, LMFM, my local Drogheda station, that oh, fired yeah. me it's when I was in work experience too. from when I. Really? Yeah, I, I, was, I was fired on work experience when I was 16 or 15. <laughs> Did you it was an apple during Massive the scandal. Yeah, it's a massive scandal. Yeah, well, announcing a death notice of a local cow or something. And it was like fucking. Yeah, massive scandal in my school. My dad was a teacher there. It wasn't a pleasant time, but I, but that's for another day. Um, but I remember like getting Hearing the bus. Up grievances. It's nearly festivals. <laughs> <laughs> festivals for the rest of us. I remember like getting the bus up and like the green scene was like blaring on the fucking bus, and I was like like stodgy old bus driver, and I was like, this is hell. And my friend Adam being like, oh, they're going to break out the Ellen pipes any second. And I remember him uh, basically demonstrating what uh, playing Ellen pipes would look like without having one in his hands, and I laugh every time I think of it. And trad music always brings me back there. But yeah, I think this is the better side of it, uh, Shane. What do you think? You know, like I think Keel have got like, nearly twenty albums now. They've been around for like close to thirty years, and I'd never listened to any of it, like up until you know the weekend when you know we listened to all of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, and like you guys, I really enjoyed it. Like I listened to it a few times. You know, um, there's bits in it where like that I kind of tune out where it comes way down mm-hmm. and it's a bit not my thing. But I just what really came into it for me was there's just such huge talent there you know I what I mean like yeah, the plane it's just the plane in it is, is phenomenal and like I think you know now like you know you asked me a while ago would I book FX Twin for Independence no but well, I probably would book Keela like they wouldn't to me the the genre doesn't maybe fit the bill but I think if you put them in a 2000 capacity tent and That's a thousand it, people in there it, yeah. would people will be like this is brilliant yeah. Mm. Um, so like yeah I really really enjoyed it didn't know an awful lot about it um, prior, I know that there's was it three that all the Osnodics. There's like twenty yeah, three, twenty seven of them in, in yeah. Callum, Ronan, and Rossa. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like brothers of Angus, the TD. For there you go. Anybody who good info trivia fans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trump basher. That's a that's a pop quiz question. For <laughs> um, but yeah, I really liked it, and like I think like like you kind of said, like it's it just you know made made you feel a little bit happier while you were listening to it. Mm-hmm. I found it quite. Um, 
positive, if that's a word to describe it. A bar, like we've all said, like there's there's bits in it where it goes back to that old trad that you're kind of, you know, oh, and then Mary died and the dog died and then, you know what I mean, the potato famine. And it, there is Luckily that it's thing. all in Irish. Yeah. It's actually really positive. But there is that <laughs> feeling in parts of it, but there's just such bits of it that are really, like, will bring you way up and yeah, yeah. The playing in it is amazing. Jen, so, you're yeah. perfectly teed up here to say that you despised it. That's <laughs> just not for me. I'm like a traitor <laughs> to my country. I'm going to hand in my passport. It's fine. Um, I just have never, ever gotten traditional Irish music in my life. Um, I guess, I, I grew up in a family where, like, if any of us were called to sing a song, which thankfully we never were, it would be like Elvis or the Everly Brothers mm. or like the Be- like we were, or the Beatles. We were just like or the Beach Boys. We were just pop. We we're a pop family. We never had. My mom is going to kill me if she ever listens. To this. <laughs> but like we just never had that sensibility. We just never were. We were never into that thing at all. I know my sister kind of. My older sister kind of got into it at some stage in the early nineties. I think. There was a week where she didn't wash her hair and wore jumpers. <laughs> um, we, I just, it's just so, it's just so different for me. I'm not saying that I didn't think, I thought it was grand, but I was just like, I just, I can't relate to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I just couldn't get into it at all. And there was this whole um, thing that Billy Conley used to say about like Shannon O's singers, about like, they sound like it's a man trying to get rid of an itch in the middle of his head. Um, and that's, that's, I can never get out that out of my mind. But, it but just I actually think, feels like I, I agree with that, but it is, it, I think this is a pretty good entryway yeah. record. Because it, it is, uh, you know, there is enough kind of, you know, rock kind of stylings. If, if I you know don't like I mean. that, I, yeah. I, that okay. I don't like. I think you're either going to balls to the wall, do like the whole traditional thing, or else people like, in their lanes. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> don't, don't mix the streams, man. Don't, don't be mixing but, um, genres here. It's just I don't know. I I like really artificial stuff. I like keeping it fake, not keeping it real, and it just is too. Maybe it's too real for me. It's just too. So you're more of a you're more of a wolf tones person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a ding dong Denny O'Reilly the crack we had the day we died for Ireland that's more <laughs> my thing fair enough uh, good summation but uh, yeah interesting record and I'm not necessarily going to say I'm going to go back to it every day of the week or anything but uh, yeah surprise me well will uh, will Bono and Brian Eno have a bit of a mess around in the studio and make it onto Kieran's list let's find out this is Passengers this uh, uh, song is called Miss Sarajevo and the album is called Original Soundtracks 1 here's what it sounds like is there a time Okay, so um, that song features Luciano Pavarotti, who goes straight into the Dave Hanrady didn't realise if he was dead or alive bracket, because I was like, is he is he gone? I think he's gone. Uh, he, you knew he's he gone was, 10 <laughs> years. 10 years ago, the man, the man left Pavo. us. But uh, yeah, so he appears on Miss Sarajevo, which actually has kind of been rebranded as a U2 song. Well, so a couple of them have. Yeah. Your Blue Room ended up being released by U2. So uh, if anyone doesn't know what this album is, it's a bit of a curio in as much as essentially it's U2 off the leash to a degree where it's like they're just kind of in the studio and then they started doing really experimental stuff, but they didn't want to put the U2 name on it. And so it came up with this kind of weird meta in-joke thing where... They wrote a bunch of uh, songs that were allegedly for films, some of which don't exist, some of which do. They never actually went on these so- uh, these films. There's all kinds of things in the liner notes uh, inventing films for them to go on to. So it's a very all the, all the, art project, this yeah, is. A lot of the directors of those films 
are uh, on the record going we, we don't want this <laughs> <laughs> but they're made up by the band and they're like anagrams of their names you know ah, it's okay. just uh, it's all it's all a bit of crack you know, but wasn't one of them the pillow book that was the original thing was to do stuff for the pillow book so that was during uh, at the end of the or during the Zeropa sessions apparently they they did it to free themselves up and then they thought it would work was the pillow book the film where Ian McGregor got his winky out again the second time, possibly, but I don't the third think. Time. But he didn't actually. <laughs> Ian McGregor, what was he the? Got thing? his winky out. He got his penis oh, right, out. Okay. Nearly all of this film. Is that the same film? I think That's he. I think he's in a stage version yes, of that. Peter Greenaway anyway, loves naked men. Was that a film? Just I thought it was just a, <laughs> this is a stage a play. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, if you're listening, you know it's true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, some of them were like for fake films that they made up, and then ended up actually being in a film like your favorite film, Heat. Yeah, um, <laughs> and some of them were. Like already, she has guns. Like yeah. two actors, and some of them were in films. You know, it's it's, but it wasn't for that. I think it was just basically that was the premise as how they could release it. Because Miss Sarajevo also was kept off the UK number one Christmas spot by. Oh yes, I I heard this Earth Song by Earth song. Michael oh, I Jackson. Love Earth Song. I'm sorry. One oh of my Michael God. Jackson's. It's, it's on his best of. Stranger in Yeah. Anyway, but uh, what's called it? Um, it, I think it is. And it's kind of it's it's super experimental. A lot of it is Eno on the edge. A lot of it is Larry Mullen hates it. Larry Mullen said <laughs> that there's a line between pretension and trying stuff or whatever, and across the line is pretension. And he, um, but Bono says the only reason he doesn't like it is because he wasn't allowed to play drums on it. So there's all that kind of <laughs> kind of funny stuff going on. But uh, I, I think the, the, they had a, they had a kind of like like a lot of you two, they had a kind of a theory about it, and it was a nighttime album is what they were kind of going for. And um, Bono said he he, he kind of wanted. It to 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 feel like you're getting the bullet train from Osaka or something mm. that was the kind of music that was on it. Um, wow. <laughs> oh, little so, bitty so what you're saying is Larry Mullen was 100 percent correct. Ten thousand normal Japanese people get that train every day, and I doubt listening to passengers. Yeah. <laughs> 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 They're listening they get... to Square Pusher actually, <laughs> just like Sofia Coppola told them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all of them. But um, yeah, so. It is free form experimentation, and the thing about free form experimentation is, <laughs> yeah, loose jazz. It can <laughs> go either way, really. I think this goes mostly in the best way. I, I really like this record. I, I think it's fascinating, and I think that like it mostly works. I mean, like, okay, a friend of the show, Mick Galaxy, has said that he is a huge fan, but he wishes Bono wouldn't ruin songs like Slug by singing on them. Yeah, I think uh, that's right. But uh, I, so I, so I think Bono is actually very reserved on this one, he is. and like, I, and I like he it. Sounds very like Gavin Friday. <laughs> 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 you notice that? I love Miss Sarajevo. I think it's one of the most beautiful songs. Yeah, it's beautiful. I think it's so Brilliant, touching yeah. and so moving. And I just, I think it's it's because it has all those familiar things like listed in it. Even E Seventeen is mentioned in it. They get a shout out, <laughs> and it, it just feels like you know it's just not something you associate with wartime, and that's what the best thing is about it. So for all Bono's grandstanding, and it's it, it is slightly preachy. It's not in a way where it's in your face. It's subtle, and it's done with this great humanity that it makes you think that you know what people are going through this stuff. They are human. They do like E Seventeen. They do like dressing up and going out on the weekend. And I think it's just a gorgeous it's, if, if it was a real U2 song it'd be my favourite U2 song and I think it's on their best of it's on, it's on their best of I think it's it's definitely been re it's been co-opted as a U2 yeah. song kind of yeah, in, when in, Pavo comes in at the end I always it's have shed a tear it's absolutely it's amazing beautiful. absolutely brilliant it's brilliant yeah, yeah. Um, it's very abstract it was put to it was apparently it was like 
I don't even know. I can't remember like a hundred hours worth of stuff, which sounds ridiculous. Probably not. But anyway, the point was it was an insane amount of stuff, and it was kind of edited down and produced into songs by Howie B, um, which I think must, must have had an insane amount then of did work. Pop, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he went to stay with them to do pop, but like. Um, there's a song called Let's Go Na- Native on it I think it's a theme from Let's Go Native it's the last track in it and I think that's a really good example that sounds like a, a U2 song from Zuropa that never got finished you know yeah. and there's a couple of those kind of things that are very sort of passive they just happen and they're done and that's grand but then there's stuff like your Blue Room which is I think it's a brilliant song and I think Slug is a great song I think it's very like Lemon the thing of rhyming and naming stuff that, from Zeropa so the best stuff on it are the you know the the songy things I yeah Bono sounds weary almost like he's not really trying and I think it really suits him uh, the opening kind of United Colours is very like kind of it's almost like Vangelis Blade Runner like it has mm. just all the twinkling little kind of things coming together and you imagine the great sci-fi films that you would love and all that kind of stuff so I mean it's a weird album because I mean like it's a collection of it's snatches of sketches. I mean, yeah. like it's all these kind of weird little details. It doesn't really stitch together. You got like Elvis Ate America, which is pretty terrible. Oh, I love Elvis Ate oh, America. It's so bad. <laughs> I like it because it's terrible. I, there's something brilliant about that. If the Gavin like, Rory album was taller than the thing, <laughs> but you know, I kind of want like I want I want to hear bands. Be who bad. Are so, no, who are so have so no quality serious. control. Yeah. No, but are so serious all the time and have plans and do something throwaway. I don't think Elvis in America is a good song, but I think it's I think it's good because it's throw because it 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 breeds something into their personality. They weren't loosening up. They felt like you know, like this is an amazing period. Action Baby, Europa, Passengers, and Pop. I think is an it's amazing. The last period. interesting run of you two. That's like uh, Jesus. Some like, of it is like an Eno wet fart, though. Some of it <laughs> yes. is like background music. You it doesn't heard all work in a shop when back in nineteen ninety five when they weren't playing Bjork, they'd be playing this, and it just <laughs> was just very. It, it was not wallpapery kind of music. I mean, the yeah. couple of tracks that you mentioned, the songy ones, are are the ones that kind of stand out just because they are they are songy ones. They're like structures. They're not, yeah, I mean, yeah, and yeah. I like you know, and I like. I mean, the, a lot of this production is very. There's bits of it that are kind of like Apollo. Um, there's bits on Miss Sarajevo that kind of sheen that sounds that's a bit like um, an ending on Apollo. That it sounds a bit like that, like the real shimmery kind of feel off it that's just gorgeous but when it works it works and when it doesn't it's oh, yeah when it does there's a song called Beach uh, something and uh, I've just forgotten the name of it Beach Sequence Beach yeah. Sequence and you know it just happens and then it's gone and there's yeah. a little there's a couple of songs like that there's a song called Lot 108 or something is that the one that Howie B did because it's quite boring yeah it happens and it's gone but then there's there's one uh, and it, there's a, a Japanese lady singing on it and oh, yeah, it's it, okay yeah it's, it's fine happens uh, but you know like I it's mostly mostly instrumental, you know. Uh, it's a lot of it is forgettable, but where it works, I think it's I think it's really good. I think, uh, you know, I just love if I nearly like, you know, just fucking gut the album and take the best bits and then go from there and see yeah. what happens. You're like, well, that'd be amazing, you know. Let Larry back in for a little while. Well, I, I got to take Miss Sarajevo off that album, and it's yeah. I listened to that album four times because each time it got to the end and I went, hang on. What was that? Yeah. <laughs> did, did I, I, none of it stuck. Like, I didn't notice anything. I may as well have had it off. You know, I thought it was just boring. And I got, I got Zero Up is amazing. I love pop. And I know a lot of people, pop is one of those Marmite U2 ones. Some people yeah, like hate pop. it. Like, I, I really it's liked fine. it. 
I just what's it? What? I said it's fine. It's fine, yeah. But that's I, not my mind. Um, <laughs> you have to hate it or not. But uh, <laughs> this, like Miss Sarajevo, is no doubt Miss Sarajevo is is beautiful. It's an amazing song, and like you said, that Pavarotti and it's 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 fantastic. But I thought the rest of it, like I probably shouldn't say this, but uh, I did an Artist Day gig years ago from that you know that oh, yeah. beer company who will remain nameless, um, and. An Irish act who was a, f- a full b- was a, a singer, but who had a full band who got paid a lot of money to do Arthur's Day. Okay. Just rocked up by himself. Got it. And just played piano like an Arthur's Day was real. Like you know, you needed to be up, and it was yeah. all having your beers and all the rest of it. And he just did twenty five minutes on the piano, kind of whatever. And someone beside me went, um, "This is absolute piano wankery," <laughs> and this is not quite that because obviously taking Miss Sarajevo out of it, but. It's, I just think it's just pure experiment and it sounds to me like the stuff that didn't make it onto Zeropa or Pop. But you know, to me it doesn't even sound like an experiment. Experiments sound weird and exciting. Like this is just boring stuff. You know, it's just somebody farting around. It is. A, the, yeah, there is a lot of, you know, nudely stuff on it. Definitely. But was that the year that Bono went on the MTV Awards and did the whole, what a wanker you have for president? That's one of my favourite ridiculous Bono moments. Because remember it was about like Jack Chirac when they were testing they were doing the nuclear tests French Polynesia French, yeah wasn't that the year that he did that yeah it was 1995 yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that just came into my head now and I loved that so much because it was so ridiculous he got up with this like do you remember the award was like a globe and I had a spring coming out oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was like what a night what an audience what a wanker you have for a president <laughs> and I think it was like Shane Lynch was presenting him with the order someone real incongruous and they were like oh Bono that was just really oh, ridiculous I thought or maybe they were just into doing really ridiculous things you like thank the Lord for Bono though, don't you? I mean, no, really so did. much oh, material like, I, was, I was at the gig in Crow Park this summer and like, like, like uh, people give out about you too because they just want to and they think it sounds oh, cool yeah. like you know there's there's a massive yeah, two, two of the best gigs I've ever been at yeah. are you too like, I mean, that gig this summer even I was like how oh, about they're in nearly what are we looking at now 40 years nearly yeah like, right there. and still you know, it, was, it, was, it was a great gig and like there's a, there's a body of work there that's phenomenal with the exception of this album. <laughs> okay. Well, I liked it, so there you go. Uh, but yeah, no, um, like, you know, fair fair comments. And on that note, it's going to be pro- probably quite difficult to see what comes out on top. But let's take a break and come back and see what is. Right, so yes, 1995, strange year, interesting year. Kieran McGuinness, sum it up for me with one album, or two if you, ha- if you have two albums. What do you um, think? Good year, I think. Um, I think there's lots of really good stuff here in, in this year. Uh for me, the album that I think stands head and shoulders above everything is uh, Gavin uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whippin' Boy, uh, Heartworm. I just look; it's it's going to be it's one of my albums, you know, and it's always going to be. Um, it's my podcast. And <laughs> <laughs> I'll do what I want with it. No, but it, it just it just is. But I I am I'm, I'm going to I'm going to recommend. Gavin Friday to some people as well. So I'm on the streets. You don't like like it. <laughs> I, I think it's good. I think there's a lot of nonsense going on with the lyrics and stuff, but I think it's a good album. So okay, screw you, Jennifer Gannon. Uh, I'm going to go for Apex Twin Ops because I love it. Um, but I mean, I probably if if you have a moody, maybe if you have a moody younger man in your life you probably shouldn't <laughs> give them heartworm because it's going to turn out really bad like, <laughs> but I mean I would weirdly recommend it to people and go if you haven't heard it you should definitely hear it but uh, if you haven't heard Aphex Twin you definitely should hear that too so okay. so a vote for for Whitten Boy and Aphex yeah, Twin yeah yeah go on, go on okay. Shane Dunn 
Oh, like the, I'm with Kieran, hundred percent. Not at all on the Gavin Friday bit. But <laughs> that's on fifty percent on the uh, on Whipping Boy on Heartworm. Like to me, it's you know it'll be in any country and in any or you know year or genre. For me, it's one of my top you know three, four, five albums. So yeah, if you haven't listened to us, you should. Um, and like I suppose honourable mention might be a bit strong, but like I definitely enjoyed that Keel album. So like I think. Maybe not that one, but one of the other 20. Mm. You know, it might <laughs> go on to general rotation, as Kieran put earlier as well, mm. in, uh, in my house. But uh, yeah, if you haven't listened to it, Heartworm by Whipping Boy. All right, Cormac Pearl. Yeah, uh, Whipping Boy too. Uh, you know, it's it's a genuinely good album. Uh, whether it's Irish or not is kind of immaterial, uh, but it's, you know, it's actually good. And I, I would think for anybody who isn't familiar with Keela's oeuvre, that uh, it'd be worth checking out. Yep, love the use of the word Uber. I, I like that one quite a bit. Trying to cram in interviews where I can. I, put, I always put it in italics as well because I'm being mad pretentious. But that's what, that's why I said Uber. It was obviously in italics. <laughs> <It's> emphasized. <laughs> um, having transcribed in, into YouTube before, I, I, I've noted that Bono speaks in italics, which is uh, really interesting. But uh, I find it really hard to, to just pick one. Uh, I, oh, they're all great, Karen. Like, but like, but I guess we I have, have to. So. Yeah. Um, Whipping Boy Heartworm, I think, is genuinely one of the best Irish albums. I do take on board the criticisms because they're very valid, and it is an, an album that will I speak to you or make you run a mile but it's a fascinating one uh, I really like the Passengers album I really, really do I think it's great I was surprised by the Keel album I enjoyed the Apex One album I kind of enjoyed the Gavin Friday uh, album on the surface level but I guess number album. one I gotta go Whipping Boy with uh, like Passengers in second and go check out Apex One if you never have go check out Keel if you never have and write in and let us know what you think of Gavin Friday <laughs> <laughs> just stay, stay away from his Catholic album in 2011 that was just too much oh, really? oh, yeah. so I recommended an album from this podcast today is Whipping Boys Heartworm. Uh, so Shane, which track would you like to hear from? Ooh, what about Tripped? Because it's one that uh, you know everybody goes to. We don't need nobody else in Twinkle. Mm. So I think uh, I go for Tripped. All right, that works. Okay, so uh, thank you to Jen, to Cormac, to Shane, and to you, Karen McGinnis. Once again, this has been the One Car the Revisit. My name is Dave Hanready, and this is Whipping Boy from Heartworm. The song is called Tripped. We'll be back next time. Thank you. Save someone from themselves Was I the only
Podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 